Hello and welcome to episode three of Risk and Reward, the golf betting podcast brought to you by Winning Edge Investments. My name is Rod Murray, but that's not important right now because to fulfill our mission statement at this little podcast, keeping you on the right side of the betting ledger is the goal. And the real person of interest when we talk about that is, of course, our resident golf and betting expert, John Evans. J.E. still comes to us from the tropical climate of Fiji, where he is sensibly avoiding the New Zealand winter. J.E., is that relaxed vibe, warmer weather paying off for our punters this past week? I think we had a couple in it right till the end on the U.S. Tour there. At uh, Where were we last week? The Wyndham Championship. Welcome, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Rod. Uh, yeah, Fiji's lovely. It's a lovely warm day here, as usual. We haven't had rain for a week or two. Uh, we did okay last week. We won just under one unit on the top 20 bets, which is our fourth winning week in a row. We've only been at it four weeks, so it's a good effort. Uh, we did lose a couple of units on uh, the main uh, winning bet event, but we did have a $1,000 Fabian Gomez come roaring down the track in the last round, got within three. Mm-hmm. Would have been a fantastic achievement to win. Yep. Uh, so we didn't win, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, absolutely, and uh, kept our interest for all four days. Fabian Gomez especially, because for a lot of people, for, for non-golfers particularly, but even for a lot of golfers, Fabian Gomez wouldn't be a name that was known, so he would have been a bit of a surprise for some to see him ca- carrying the flag there late in the tournament. So overall, I think we lost a little bit less than two units, a couple of hundred bucks uh, for the whole thing, yeah, so a bit no, of a I win on the top lost, 20, you know. We, yeah, we didn't lose. Uh, we might have lost one point. One, one point three. Point so, two units, I, I think. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, as we expect, we don't expect to win every week. I don't think we suggest that we're going to win every week, but... Uh, when we do win, we win big, of course, uh, which is why people should subscribe to the newsletter. Now, this is how it works on the podcast. We have Podcast Pete. Every week we give a couple of tips. I think you normally pick 10 to 12 at the main betting events. We give people about two or three of those to consider here on the podcast. But subscriber Steve, the man who pays to get the newsletter each month, gets your full list of bets including some of the in-play bets and the top 20 bets and all of that other stuff, uh, which is where you need to follow that to really be in on the money. So I'll put the show notes in the link. There's a discount of 25% for those who sign up directly from the podcast, and that brings it down. Now, J.A., you're going to have to do this maths for me again. $150 is the price. What's the price after the 25% discount if you use the promo code GOLF? $112.50. $112.50. $112.50. There you go. So it costs $112.50 for a month. There's a profit guarantee if you sign up for three or 12 months. So you can't lose if you sign up for three or 12 months. And as Jay pointed out there, it makes golf betting and the golf watching a whole lot more fun. That's on it for last week, Jay. Let's now move on to this week. We've got to the business end of the season now, haven't we? There's a lot of pressure on the players. Things are ramping up. The money's starting to get really big. In three weeks' time, they're going to give away $15 million. bucks. Does that make it... Easier or harder for the for the uh, the better at this end of the season? Well, strangely enough, there's only 125 players this week. Normally, there's 156, and yet we've still managed to find a number of players who are at what I think are well over the odds, a thousand dollars. So we've tipped a lot of them. Pete the punter, he gets a couple of them. So I think that, uh, strangely enough, I think that the market believes that the better players are more likely to win this week than they are in a normal week and yet I'm not that sure that's correct it's a I fun. mean we've had we had Xander Schofley as an example who won the Tour Championship uh, in the first year he played in it no one expected him to win so we tipped him at I think 120 bucks and 
so I think there's there's uh, value to be had uh, in this particular week's event. And that's what we look for is value. It's a funny game, golf, isn't it, J.E.? And non-golfers don't really understand it, but uh, it, it is almost the case that almost anybody can win. Uh, and so that's why it's such a good... If you're gonna if you're gonna follow the Betfair model, you only have used the Betfair uh, Betfair system. If you use Betfair, you can really do well on the golf if you know the players and follow the game, which is what you do. So, podcast Pete this week gets one top twenty bet. There's four all up for the newsletter punters this week for subscribers, Steve. But just one for uh, for podcast Pete. Kyung Hyun Lee. Why? Most people wouldn't have even heard the name, Jay. Why would you tip Kyung Hyun Lee to finish in the top twenty at fourteen dollars? We might add, which is generous. Well, I think odds. he's a I think he's about a four-to-one chance. If you have a look at his record, um, uh, he's been right up there in contention a number of times. He's a very, very solid player. And one will have noticed that um, Ben Arn and uh, the Korean men are now starting to show that they're right in it, just as the Korean women have shown probably for the last 10 or 15 years. And uh, this young fella's, I think, the best of them. Um, and Ben Ahn and Sung J.M. Uh, uh, were tied for the lead uh, last week and uh, they just faded in the last round. And I think this fella's the best of the three of them. Very technically good golf swings we seem to see out of Korea for both the men and the women. Don't we? Really beautiful, orthodox, technically lovely actions uh, for hitting the ball. Well, that's quite an intriguing thing to me because years ago the Japanese players came down to, to Australia and New Zealand and... And, you know, they had some helicopter swings and strange movements. Some of them were extremely talented short game players, but very, very few of them swung the club well. And then the Koreans started coming down, the, the, the girl, the lady Koreans, and, the, and, and, and all of a sudden their techniques were impeccable. You, you see, I, mean, I can remember going to Gulf Harbour the other day with Johnny Lister, and there were about 50 of them there, and I watched them, and you couldn't pick any of them from... Saying say Yon Ru, they all look perfect, and I thought to myself, someone who really, really understands how to make the golf swing work technically, how to, they all have perfect balance, mm-hmm. they all have strong follow-throughs, and they all aim straight. Oh, to me, it's they're they're a revelation. And now that, of course, the same people are teaching the the men, and uh, and the men swings. This fellow's got a fantastic swing. I think I think he's as good as. Anybody. Yeah. Of the women. You'd go a long way to find a better action man or woman than Jin Young Ko, wouldn't you? The world's number one oh, women player yeah. is just a phenomenal golf swing. You just can't find a fault with it, no matter how hard you look. Yeah, no. Well, I think, you know, she's a cookie cutter. There, there, there are lots of them. You know, uh, six. Six has got a lovely swing. Um, probably the, the one that it doesn't have the best swing is probably one of the best performers in... Um, uh, well, I forget her name now. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's one of our ten majors. But oh, in B Park, in B Park, yeah, not an orthodox Park, action, is it? Yeah, she does it her own very way. Very strange action. But yeah. the rest of them, you know, they're yeah. they're, they're cookie cutter, fantastic, and uh, yeah, and their performances show sure. how important good balance is. It's only one part of the puzzle, though, isn't it, J.E., which is proved by the fact that the best swings don't always win all the golf tournaments. Yeah, there's more to golf. It's an important part, but it's not the only part, is it? It takes a lot more to win golf tournaments than just having a good action. Yeah, well, Rod, the interesting, the interesting piece of information that I think that we're bringing to the table in terms of finding winners is that there are certain players... Um, and Tiger Woods is obviously one of them. Kepka's another one. Greg Turner was another one who won uh, in spite of not necessarily playing at their best, 
Nicholas was obviously one of those guys, and they uh, have incredible minds, got an incredible ability to win, and they don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a look at so – there are certain players on the tour who get into winning positions regularly, you know, very, very rarely win. And uh, Sung Young Park, the, the tall Korean girl with a fantastic technique, she seems to struggle uh, at, the, at the business end. Mm-hmm. Um Charles Howell III on the U.S. tour. He's he's a phenomenal striker, but yet he doesn't seem to be able to win out of turn. Uh, so my role in this, as I believe, is to find those guys who, when they can win, do win. Yep, get the job done. Which was Fabian Gomez, who you picked last week and has who was three behind with nine to go. He's one of those guys, isn't he? If he gets a sniff, look out. That's why I didn't tip him in the top 20, because if he gets a sniff of winning, he'll win. But to me... If he can't win, sometimes um, he, he'll fall away at the end. And he, what happened was he, he didn't get the birdie in the couple, first couple on the back nine, and then he nearly ran out of the top twenty. He ran fourteenth at the end, but at one stage he was only he was running second and third. So, yeah. so he's a winner, um, and that's why I tip him. Uh, but I won't. You won't find me tipping very often. Uh, guys with poor poor completion records. Poor, poor finishes. We also have each week what you call in-play bets. Firstly, explain to us what an in-play bet is and then explain to us why for Podcast Pete, out of the five bets you've picked this week, we're going to give uh, Podcast Pete Chesson Hadley at $18. Why is he a good in-play bet and what is an in-play what bet? Happens, what happens in the market, sometimes the markets are a little bit thin and the back market, uh, I think in Chess Hadley's place, the back market is 14 and and the lay market is 22 so uh, what i do is i put it in play bet so you put the price in and then a putter in czechoslovakia or bratislava or somewhere will say okay well, i'm prepared to risk that and they and they lay that bet against you so i don't think the market's at its finest point in some of those cases and that's why i put the in play bets but if i put a if i put a fixed bet on it means I think that fellow's already twice over the odds. He's twice, twice the odds he should yeah. be, in my view. So so what we're trying to do is find value all the time. If I don't think that the value is quite there and or that we can get to better value, I'll put that in as an in-play bet. So you just put that price in the Betfair back column and watch in the next four or five hours and you'll be surprised you'll probably get hit. In fact, I think you will get hit. We get it most times. Yeah, indeed. Good player, Chesson Hadley, too. Uh, probably not as well known. Well, he played very well in the US Open, and this course is a, is a tee to green course, yeah. um, not necessarily suiting the longest hitters, but suiting uh, good strikers and, and anybody who can finish in the top 10 in the US Open and obviously can play the game. Yeah, indeed. Does not include. Uh, you and me, on to just this sort of more standard betting, what people probably understand a bit better about betting. You, as you said, you've picked some value players in there. I think you've got uh, 10 all up this week for the US Tour, but we're going to give Podcast Pete three of those names and the odds they are, and you get, I'll let you explain why for each one. Let's start with Sebastian Munoz at $1,000. You're recommending 0.2 units there for Podcast Pete. Again, most people won't be familiar with Sebastian Munoz. Well, Sebastian Munoz is a Mexican player of some quality who, who in, in, I would think if you go back through his record for the last 10 weeks, has been right up there. He's had some very strong finishes. Uh, to me, he looks the, the kind of player who will advance steadily, and we want to be on him the time he wins. Yeah. So I, th- I thought his right price was about two twenty to one, and he's a thousand. So we've got to be on him. Yep, fantastic. Aaron Baddeley, uh, Australian uh, 
listeners will be more than familiar with Aaron, two, two Australian Opens, one of them as an amateur. He's been a decent performer on the US Tour. Kept his card there for a long time, which is a feat that get, doesn't get as much fanfare as it probably should. Also, add $1,000. He's a streaky player, Aaron, isn't he, J.E.? When he's on, he can do anything. Really? And he can win. You know, he's yeah. shown that. He's, he's only had one or two chances in the last year, and he's won one of those. Uh, he's a... Um, I think Aaron's grossly underrated player, as you say. To win the Australian Amateur 18 and then to back up as a pro shows how, how good a player he is. In a playoff over and Allenby, who was a very established player at the time on one of Australia's great courses at Kingston Heath, there's a lot to take from that, isn't there, that second victory? Yeah, exactly. And Allenby at that stage was almost unbeatable. I yeah. think he won, uh, he won the PGA in the Open and... Uh, and 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 Aaron came along and beat him. So I, I think Baddeley thousand. I can't believe that. Normally, most weeks he's two hundred and fifty to three hundred to one, and obviously the markets missed him. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So we'll grab him and uh, and happily so. And I know that again, most most won't be familiar, but I love the way this guy plays the game. He really does do it his own way. A little bit old school. JJ Spawn, a thousand dollars also. Yeah, he's uh, competed uh, in some of the better tournaments right up there in position, and he he, he hasn't had a chance to win. But I think if he gets a chance to win, he's a very solid swinger, and uh, I think he can complete the task. Yeah, he almost, he's the last time I watched him, I think he was winning on the web.com tour, and it almost looked homemade. But he had the X factor, which is the determination and what you talked about before: keep the head up and the chin up, and keep going forward, even when it's not going your way. It's just hugely undervalued in golfers. You can have all the talent in the world, like Tiger Woods, but if Tiger Woods had a different attitude, he'd be Charles Howe. Yeah, well, I like JJ Spawn's attitude. He, 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 I've watched him, you know, when he's playing well and when he's playing poorly, and yep. uh, oh, he, he'll break through. I agree. Let's hope we're on him when he does. Yeah, absolutely, especially at $1,000. As you've said more than once, you only need one or two of those a year to be well in front. Uh, when you uh, when you bet with Winning Edge Investments Advice. Uh, there's, as I said, there's about seven or eight more in there for subscribers, Steve, to be on this week. Let's move to the LPJ Ladies Scottish Open. This will be an interesting one, Jay. Apart from anything else, because of the course at the Renaissance Golf Club where the Scottish Men's Open was played a few weeks ago, it was a little bit of a surprise, I think, for many of us. We hadn't seen the course before. It's new uh, new to us, uh, TV viewers, new to the, the players. Well, the scoring was outrageous for the men. Not sure how it'll be for the women. Two picks here for podcast, Pete. The Australian young lass, Whitney Hillier, who played beautifully to qualify for the Women's British Open last week. I think she got through an 11 players for nine spots playoff. So uh, didn't go so well quite in the tournament. But you've picked her at $930. Why? She started well last week. Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. She's a very obviously a very good player. You've got to, you've got to be pretty clever to, uh, to make those uh, events as a, as a qualifier. And I like Australian players on links courses mm-hmm. uh, rather than American and Korean players because most of our players have grown up either on the sand belt or WA or SA where you've got difficult conditions, you, you, you've got to have a lot of variety of your shots around the greens and generally in Scotland on the links, that's exactly what you have to have. Now, to be frank with you, I was a bit disappointed in the Renaissance course. So Maybe you needed to be there on the course to see its its, its beauty and its its, its intrigue. Uh, but I was a bit disappointed. But um, the scores will be low, I think, unless the wind blows. But I think those Australian girls uh, have an advantage on those kind of courses. I think it played very soft for the men's open. They had a lot of water in the lead, a lot of rain in the lead up, and you give 
particularly the men's fields, if you give them a soft golf course, it doesn't matter how long it is, they'll tear it apart because when they can hit it and stop it, they can all play track man golf, can't they? Hit it 184 yards and stop it dead at 184. So everybody's putting from 10 feet all day and it becomes a, a challenge for the best partner. Whitney's from WA too, which I agree with you. I think that it's a fantastic windy city for golf, WA. really produces good wind players. So I think that's an excellent tip. And the other one is a young English lady, Charlotte Thomas, uh, at $630. Now, I'd be surprised if any golf fans in Australia have heard of Charlotte. Uh, why did you pick Charlotte? Well, she played exceptionally well at Thirteenth um, Beach, which is, which again is a golf course that um, that requires you to have uh, a pretty good imagination and, and and a lot of skill around the greens. So uh, she's a she's a young girl who um, uh, obviously has a lot of ability, and I think I think that the thing is that those kids that can play well in Australian and Australia's top courses. Um, it's very difficult to get big odds of the ladies. The The market is very conservative. And when we're looking for a winner for uh, Podcast Pete, um, we're not going to go out and give one of the $100. So so, uh, so that's why I've chosen those two. They were the best value. At one stage, Charlotte Thomas was $1,000, but wow. somebody grabbed that. So uh, <laughs> so the 630 I still thought was, was uh, well over the odds. I thought yeah, I marked her about 250 on the current market. Uh, so um, we'll find out, of course. Uh, we, we've had a bit of luck with the ladies in, in terms of being in position. Mel Reed, we've tipped her $300. We've tipped her again this week. Not at $300, unfortunately, but but uh, we've tipped her again this week. We won't, we won't tell you what price. You can find it yourself. She was disappointed basically- last week, wasn't she, Jay? I expected more from her last week, I thought. In fact, all the English well, girls I, gotta, I think you've got to be fair. Mm. I think you've got to be fair. You can't have any expectation of any player. No, no. What you're doing is you're saying... If they played 100 times and they're 100 to 1 and they win once, then they've met their expectations. They miss the cut 99 times, doesn't matter. Now, what we're trying to do is find here is to find the girls who are going to, over a period of time, beat the odds. And, um, you know, that might be this week she plays well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She, she is a fantastic player. I watched, I watched her win the Vic Open a couple of years ago in person. And it was pretty impressive, I've got to tell you, Jay. She strikes it beautifully. And she's aggressive. She's got all those – she gets on with it. She plays quickly. She's aggressive. She fires at flags. Uh, she's everything to like about her game, and I agree with you. At some point, some week, it's all going to come together for her, and she's going to win a big one. And she won't be afraid of the task when the moment comes either. She's one of those players. She's a winner. Well, she finished third in the PGA. I mean, that's yeah, a testament exactly. to the fact she can compete at the top level. Tell me, which course did she win at in Victoria? At the third, At 13th Beach. Yeah, so well, there you go. Play, so, playoff with Sandra Gale, three, three times they went down the par 5 18th there, and three times I stood 10 feet behind her over the second shot and watched her rip this low tracer bullet draw with a three-wood straight at the green, and each time she came about 10 feet short, just into the, the, hit the mound short and rolled back down short of the green, but she never stopped. Just, it was a magnificently aggressive, wonderful-to-watch shot under pressure. Phenomenal. I was so impressed with her that week. She ended up winning it uh, third place. Yeah, well, I might be wrong on my summation here, but basically I've gone with the fact that these people can play on yep. uh, sandbelt-type Lynx mm-hmm. courses, uh, and if that if I'm right, then we might get a winner, and if I'm wrong, well, it's because, in my view, uh, either the, the ground was too wet and we didn't get the, the bouncy conditions that uh, one would hope we would get in Scotland. Um, but I think we will, because it's very unlikely to rain for 
another three or four weeks in Scotland, so let's find out what happens. You'd hope it'd be a bit fun. One of the bigger events on the LPGA calendar as well as a combined LPGA and Ladies European Tour event, so will be worth watching. J.E., fantastic to get your insights as always, uh, we'll have all, well, podcast Peter will be watching all of those with interest, as will I. I've also got access to the other ones, so I know exactly who I'll be following all week. Keep up with us on Twitter. Where do we find you on Twitter, J.E.? What's your handle so people can follow along? You often tout your uh, your players as the week unfolds and how they're going. Yeah. Am I Evans Golf, John? Oh, you don't know. Stand by. I'll look you, <laughs> I'll look you up, and I'll put it in... <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes as well. Hang on a sec. Dear, oh dear. I think I'm Evans Golf John 1 or something like that. Okay. Capital E, yes, it's capital E, Evans Golf, numeral 1, capital J, John. Obviously, all one word, no spaces. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Evans Golf 1, John. And, of course, the true joy of following you on Twitter is it's not just about golf. You'll get plenty of other fun stuff to chew on as well if you follow Jay. Mate, great to talk to you again as always. Looking forward to catching up next week to see how we've gone this week and get the bets for next week. Does it get harder as the fields get smaller? Of course, we cut this week from 125, only 70 advanced to next week's tournament, I think, from memory. Um, yeah. Does that make the it odds, easier or harder? Uh, it makes it harder to find a $1,000 winner. But <laughs> True. Because there's not many of them in it. But, no. but, but it's, uh, as I said, we found, we tipped the winner of the Tour Championship uh uh, Sanders Shoffley, his first win, that was the big one. And uh, so, you know, we find a winner, but it may not be at $1,000, but it might be still at lucrative odds. For the spectators, it's, it's great stuff. And punting always keeps you interested in spectators. So bring the two together and enjoy, Jay. You get back to the whatever it is you're doing there in Fiji. I think you're in a bar this week, which is uh, not a reflection of what you're doing. I think for the purposes of Wi-Fi, you needed to be in the bar, just to clarify that for everybody, not because of entertainment, but uh, it's been terrific to chat to you. As always, looking forward to catching up again next week, mate. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Rod. Episode three, Risk and Reward in the Books. Come back next week to see how we went and to try your luck again at next week's events on the Golf World Circuit.